Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you by worrying add a single hour to the span of your life? Why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, what will we eat, what will we drink, what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for all these things. And indeed, your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. This is the word of the Lord. Join me in a prayer. We are in the midst of the season of Lent, O God, a season in which we take a step back and reflect upon ourselves, our own lives, in light of your life. In so doing, this season This year, we are looking at some of the more challenging sayings that your Son gives us. They, in fact, force us to step back and look. We can only do so with your guidance, with the presence of your Holy Spirit, and so we pray that you guide us in the way we should go, lead us, shape us, that we might live as you would have us live. Give us the courage to do so. Bless us with a word this morning. Bless us with yourself. In Christ we pray. Amen. So with this reading, I ask the same question that I asked with the reading we did last week, if you were here, where Jesus talks about loving your enemies, same question, can we do it? Can you actually remove worry from your life? Can you say to yourself, I'm not going to worry about that and make it happen? Could you do it? What if you could? What if, what if there was a, a pill we could take that could selectively remove the worries we need removed without any other side effects? What if there was a a worry pill that we could take that wouldn't grow us a second head, just remove worries, you know? Worry pill. What would that be like? What would your life be like if you could do that, magically remove the worries that plague you at times? What would the world look like? You know what? What would traffic look like? Let's be honest. 
After all, traffic's one of the first stressors of the day, typically, for many of us, right? What would that look like? We're in the middle of this massive sea of cars, but no worry. Be great, right? We'd be going along, waving at each other. Isn't this wonderful? I'm good. No worries. Come across an auto accident, you know, that bogs us down. But instead of getting all balled up inside as if everything is about you in the first place, we get... Instead, we were freed up to, to allow space for others to let the emergency people get through without judgment, you know. They probably deserve it. Some jerk probably cut them off. Instead, we might be more concerned about them. What would our world look like if we were to be able to worry less? It's not going to happen though, right? I mean, we, we do worry. We worry about all kinds of stuff. We worry about our responsibilities, our jobs, being on time, our family, our friends, you name it. We worry. It's just, it's just there. You want to know what I worried about this week? I started worrying about the people who actually eat the uh, donut fried chicken sandwich from KFC. You seen, you seen this thing? They, they take two donuts and put fried chicken in the middle of it. They call it, you know, they call it a meal. Now, you don't have to confess that you've already had it. I mean, I'm, but I worry about you. And yet, I'm mysteriously drawn to it, right? What does that taste like? That's a worry. <laughs> We worry about all kinds of stuff, from the deeply important things to the comically trivial. It's part of the fabric of who we are. Worry. What if we didn't have to worry so much? You know, Worry, though, is not necessarily an inherent evil that we have to avoid. I don't believe that. Because worry has some benefits to it. Right? I mean, for instance, when you approach the edge of a cliff, well, when I approach the edge of a cliff, I start doing this, you know, and I kind of lean. Because I want to experience the majesty of it, with, but I'm worried that I might fall, so I'm careful. So that's not a bad word. That's a good one. Keeps us safe. If I didn't worry, I might just walk off the edge of it and on my way down go, I'm fine. I'm not worried. <laughs> you know. Worry is also a sign that you actually care about something or someone. So when you worry, you could take it as a sign, say to yourself, oh, I must, I must really care about this. It's a sign that you, that you care. It's part of the fabric of being human. And because it's part of the fabric of being human, it makes me wonder, what is Jesus really saying to us in our passage today? Is he really telling us that we need to cut ourselves off from worry altogether, fully and completely? Is that what he's saying? I mean, is that the takeaway we get here? Or is it something else? It won't surprise you to 
know that I actually think it's something else, that, that Matthew is in fact pointing us to something a little more specific than general getting rid of worry altogether. And I was reminded of it this week, or I learned about it for the first time if I didn't ever know it. I mean, what I learned, it's right there in front of me. I didn't make the connection before, but what I, what I learned was that these three things that Jesus mentions, food, drink, and clothing, right? He talks about those things. He says, do not worry about what you will eat, what you will drink, what you will wear. And I kind of say, well, why those three things? I mean, they're basic things. I get it. But why those three things? They're the same things that Jesus mentions later in Matthew's gospel when he tells the parable of the judgment of the king. You remember that parable? All the nations are gathered together before the king, the story goes, and, and the king separates the righteous from the unrighteous, and then the king looks at the righteous and says, come, inherit the kingdom that has been prepared for you. For when I was hungry, you gave me food. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was naked, you clothed me. And the righteous say, when did we do that? And the king says, whenever you did it to the least of my children, you did it to me. In other words, it's as if Matthew is prepping us for that great revelation later on when we realize, are taught, and learn that our own worry can hinder us from being a blessing to others. You ever thought about that? Your own worry can hinder you from being part of God's blessing to another person. As one scholar suggests, they say, you know, when the poor in our world cry out for the mercy of God, the answer to their prayer ought to be us. And the only way we can do that is if we shed ourselves of our own worry of how we will eat, drink, or be clothed so that we can even begin to be part of God's answer to their prayer, God's blessing in their life. Worry can hinder you from being a blessing someone else. Which brings us to the last part of this reading, that next to last line that Jesus shares with us that we often overlook, we often miss it, we just fly right by it because we're so caught up in what Jesus has already said, right? He, he, that's the problem with powerful imagery. You know, he gives us this powerful imagery. He says, do not worry, and then he talks about, you know, the birds of the air. Consider the birds of the air the lilies of the field, and we get that in our heads. We start thinking of birds flying and lilies waving and our own worry, and we miss this line, this line that he drops right in our laps that point us to the thing he's trying to get across to us, that line that says, strive first for the kingdom of God, and all these things will be given to you, that line. Strive first for the kingdom of God. In other words, trust God first. Trust God first. Jesus is lifting up the relationship between worry and trust. The more you worry, the less you trust. The more you trust, 
the less you worry. Think about it. You ever had those times in your life when you know that you're responsible for something or you feel like you're responsible for something but you don't either quite know how to do it or you can't even remember if you're really supposed to be doing that thing and you start to worry, am I really, am I remembering this right? Do I have the right information? You start to lack trust in what you know and so you worry about it and then you find out later, oh, you weren't supposed to do that after all and you breathe easy, you relax, like, oh, thank goodness, you know, because you can trust what you know Again, worry and trust have a reciprocal relationship. The more you worry, the less you trust. The more you trust, the less you worry. You know, one of the things I always say at weddings, I do it every time, and I tell the couple, I talk to the couple about faithfulness. You know, I, I talk about being faithful. You know, I do the good pastor thing. Everyone's there. You know, I say, okay, so you're getting married now, and so you're going to need to be faithful to one another, you know, like you'd expect a pastor to say. And then I ask them, I say, so do you know how to do it? You know how to do that? And I leave them with sometimes an awkward pause. And then I say, easy. Be faithful to God first. Be faithful to God first. And if you can do that, if you can put that practice first in your heart, in your life, if you can be faithful to God first, if you can practice that every day in some way, shape, or form, if you can do that, a funny thing will happen. You'll find yourselves being faithful to one another. That's what I tell them. I think the same thing holds true for this. And so I want to look out at you. I want to say, are you worried? I want to ask you, are you worried? What are you worried about? Fill in the blank. I'm worried about this. I'm worried about that. That's my worry. I want to ask you then, do you know how to handle it? Do you know what to do with it? Do you know what, how to be in conversation with it? How to bring it out into the open, not keep it hidden deep down? You know how to do that. Easy. Trust God first. Trust God first. In whatever way you can put that to practice, whether it be through prayer in the same way that Jesus prays in the Garden of Gethsemane when he starts to worry about his own future, whether it be part of a community of faith like this one that reminds you of the importance of belonging to that which is beyond yourself, trust God first. If you can do it, if you can pull it off, practice that every day in some way, shape, or form, funny thing will happen, you might just find yourself worrying a little less. Harvard Divinity Professor Michael Bulton says this way, he puts it this way, he says, the more we rely on our own resources, the more we will be racked with worry. But the more we rely on God's graceful favor, the more we will be freed up for a life of faith. That's exactly what Jesus is getting at in our reading today. The more we trust, Lest we worry, put that into practice. Trust in God first. However you can 
keep that in front of you. You'll find yourself worrying a little less. Freed up for a life of faith, a life God can now use as the answer to someone else's prayer. Now that, my friends, could change the world. Amen.